0: A local media member takes issue with ESPN's reporting of the Damian Lillard situation. So we break down what Dan Levitard had to say. Plus, summer league is over, but who stood out from Miami's stint in Sacramento and Las Vegas? And Jimmy Butler might be dating a well-known singer. How will it affect his game this season? We've got it all, and this pod don't lie in today's episode of Locked On Heat.
1: You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
0: every
1: day. Okay, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg here as always Dave Vermel. However, you might be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. I do eventually want to talk about something other than Damien Lillard. So we've got to get to Jimmy Butler and Shakira, our summer league standouts so that now that summer league is over, but let's start with Lillard in a segment. We like to call it's that Dame time again.
2: Lift off and the clock has started. Dame requesting a trade out of Portland after 11 seasons.
0: To have to lower your asking price and look elsewhere. And that's <laughs> where Miami will still be a part
1: of this process. is supposed to be a peaceful separation between the two parties. Dane has every right to ask for a trade because there's really been a disconnect from what they've said they're gonna do, what they've done. He gonna
2: play for the Trailblazers or he ain't gonna play. They don't, you know, the Trailblazers been great to Dame, and dame has been great for the Trailblazers, but there's no sense that they going to have to uh, give him away for nothing, they just stupid. I stand with Damian bit on that. I ain't got no problems with it at
1: all. We in the business called incremental reporting.
2: It will hang over the whole summer.
1: So on his show on Monday, Dan Levitard, who has relationships at the very top of the Heat organization, said that the Heat know that they have the only offer on the table, and that's why that there's a stalemate going on in these Damon Lillard negotiations, uh, and then also took aim at one Adrian Wojnarowski. Here's the sound courtesy of the Dan Levitard show with Stugats. And the Woj alert was just about Dario Saric.
2: <laughs> well, th- I thank you for bringing up Woj. Uh-huh. Because, but he's had bad looks well the heat the heat know that he is just agenda-based shilling and bought and paid for by portland like it's embarrassing that woge is telling people it might be weeks or months on lillard and this is the heat's position there are no calls going back and forth the offer is hero and hero's the best one you're going to get from anybody he's better than maxi he's the best you're going to get you're boxed in lillard wants to be with us This is the offer. It's not calls going back and forth. There are no calls going back and forth. Portland can do all they want with Woj, sending out all sorts of smoke signals about pressure. It's the offer, and they're saying, show us someone who's better at that age that you're going to get anywhere in the league from anyone, given that Lillard is only going to play here. Be happy with Hero because he's a top 75 player, and this one, this one, People love saying specifically to me because they thought I would think it first. They're like, "Hero's better than Maxi. He's just whiter than Maxi," and so he gets he gets disregarded as a prospect as if he hasn't been a young dude, a young dude in his twenties, in his early twenties, who's a twenty point a game scorer. Like, please stop telling me that doesn't have value. Is what the Heat are saying and if it doesn't have value okay league show us a better offer where's the better offer is it jalen brown's 304 super 304 million dollar super max like where's the better offer?
1: so that's very similar same basically thing that we've been saying and reporting here uh, but dan relaying the heat's perspective again keeping in mind the relationships that he has at the top of miami's organization is very interesting is it not
0: yeah i agree i mean he, he's Hearing this directly from Pat Riley is how I would read this situation is that they're very well aware that there haven't been other offers. And yeah, perhaps doing a little bit of shilling himself. I I think, uh, I'm not sure if this is Pat working through Dan or Dan just seeing after conversations with Pat. Maybe he's realizing that this is just kind of blatant on Woj's part and he's doing a little bit of uh, some proactive attacking on Miami's behalf himself too because who wouldn't want to cover a better team here? So we have to understand. like that, That's always an angle on, from the media perspective. It's like from Dan's side, yeah, he'd love to have Dame Lillard in Miami. It makes this team infinitely more interesting than the sloth it was last year when it was just you know, pretty much a, a dead locker room until Kevin Love came in in February and injected some much-needed life into that group. But, uh, yeah, I, I'd, uh, I, I'd take everything he says. Again, we, we've been echoing a lot of that, not just on the reporting side of it, but even – The perspective of hero around the league that if hero wasn't white, that I'm very sure that a lot of people would be taking him, yeah, very seriously as a prospect. Yeah, I've been on the the
1: white part of it
0: because I was there during the bubble when not in the actual bubble, but I was covering the team at that point in time and the scowl and the vitriol was like that white boy, this that guy, he was just like a, a punchable face and. Everything else, like people don't like Tyler Hero for whatever reason. And I think part of it is also the fact that he's just a, a white guy that uh, happens to be pretty damn good in basketball.
1: Um, the white person, the white part of this is not actually all that interesting to me. Uh, but I, I, I would like Actor, to go back. But yeah, I would like to go back to the Woj part of it. And I think you mm. hit on something very uh, important there. Is that as much as Portland might be working through Woj. Maybe and I mean and I don't use this to discredit anything that Dan Levitard is saying because I'm sure all of it is absolutely true and probably coming from the mouth of Pat Riley, and I don't know based on their relationship and I don't I don't know their relationship but I know it's been a relationship for a long time. I don't know that yep. they have that kind of "I scratch your back, you scratch mine" kind of thing. Like Dan's not a newsbreaker at this point of his career, right? Like he right. is an entertainer, um, but I, I, it wouldn't be beyond the imagination if pat riley was using dan Lebertard's platform which is a massive one uh to kind of get out the message that yeah i know what you're doing to joe cronin and the trailblazers and to even adrian wojnarowski just being like right. i know what you're doing and it's not going to work i know that you're trying to play the leverage game i know you're doing this because by the way it's super transparent and has been for a very long time what it is that you're doing and Um, I think it's important to also point out that Woj has ties very high in Portland's organization based on the fact that a former colleague of his now works very high up for the Portland Trailblazers. The guy that came from Draft Express and then worked for ESPN for a very long time and now works uh, as one of the assistant general managers and and head of scouting for, for Portland. So he's got tight relationships there, too. And Dan has tight relationships, obviously, with the Miami Heat. So I think this is some of Pat Riley's signaling you're not going to fool me, Portland. It's not going to work. What you're doing now isn't working. Tyler Hero, take it or leave it.
0: I, yeah, I, I think that's that's been the case. Um, and look, we know that Portland's not going to take Tyler Hero. It's just a matter of accepting whatever requisite value Tyler Hero presents, or or having Cronin perhaps be a little bit more proactive in flipping Hero that's for it. something on his yep. end. You know that I, I think that's a part of it that hasn't been overlooked is. Everybody keeps assuming Miami has to do this. It was like, well, maybe Miami doesn't have to do this. Maybe it's up to Crowden to try and, and grease those wheels a little bit more to get the package that he finds, to get whatever it is that he thinks is the best offer available. Uh, you know, that's the just po- translating.
1: I, I, it, I, I'm so glad you brought that up because it, it's, it. I don't know why that that's not happening. And I don't know that it's not happening, but we've got no indication and there's been no outside reporting that that is happening. It sounds like right. what Dan just said. There are no calls going back and forth, right? There is no working together on this. And it feels like if Joe Cronin does not have to work with Miami, the Miami Heat, let me make that clear. He doesn't have to do anything, but it does. If you're kind of assuming that you're going to trade Damian Lillard, and also we should mention the Portland Trailblazers want to trade Damian Lillard. Okay. This is not a situation where the superstar asked out and they don't want to, they are ready to move on and go into the Scoot Henderson era. Right. Like, why wouldn't you work with the only team that has an offer on the table that is trying to get in a third, fourth, fifth team, however many it's going to take? Why wouldn't you be working hand-in-hand with them to create the best potential package possible? Is it just out of stubbornness? Is it just for show? Is it just being like, hey, just because Dame said you're not – that you only want to go to Miami, that now we're not going to work out with Miami out of spite? I think it might be all of the above there, David, because it, it blows agree. my mind that Joe Cronin isn't being more – forthcoming with all of this and just and 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 trying to help the heat so that he can help himself.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think you hit it right there on the nail on the head there. It has to be a little bit of all those things. Because one, I mean, from Cronin's perspective, he can't just be the one who takes that deal right away. He has to work the phones or at least have the illusion of saying, you know what, I'm not going to be forced into this bad deal by Miami, etc. Whether he relents or not or just gets a little bit more, we've talked about this before, we think that he has to do this in order to at least save face and put out the best appearance that he has done whatever he can for the best of the franchise. That's yeah. fine. I think it's also... Probably, you know, something that the league frowns upon, that a a player under contract like Damon Lillard could request a specific trade to a specific team. Not that this hasn't happened before, but you've hinted at it as well. The fact that Dame has basically said, it's Miami or bus, get that done, and that kind of looks – Negatively, I think a lot of people perceive yes. that. I don't again, I've made it very clear that I think it's absolutely fine for a player to request a trade to a specific organization. But I think from the league perspective and from a lot of fans outside of South Florida, maybe a, a pocket here or there around the Pacific Northwest, they probably aren't too keen on the idea of Dane specifically requesting a team like Miami. Uh not against Miami necessarily, although I think there is a factor of that involved, but just the fact that he's it's just the one said, team. Yeah, yeah, just the one team. If you say, look, trade me to somebody else and work whatever magic you have to, that's that's why
1: Kevin Durant nailed it by putting Miami as a fake destination because he knew that he didn't have the assets and it was always Phoenix for him, but he just listed Miami as a fake destination. And everybody was cool with it. It just was, all right, another superstar demanding a trade with a list of preferred destinations, even if the list in reality was one, but publicly facing that list was more than one. And with Damian Lillard, the public facing list and the actual real list have been the same. same for the first time in forever. This is the first time this has ever happened in this manner. So I I get all of that stuff. I also understand that Joe Cronin does want to save face. He is out here out of self-preservation at this point and he's acting in that way and I have and he should. I have no issue with that. But I think there's part of this could that that you could he could spin this positive to him as opposed to just sitting in the corner with his arms crossed and his head turned to the side. He could at least just say, "You know what, I'm taking the chips that I got, and yeah, it was a bad hand, but look what I made out of this. I turned lemonade into wine or whatever it is. Like, I, I'm right. doing all of this. Like, I'm, I'm out there wheeling and dealing, and I'm making the best out of a bad situation that this guy and this organization and Pat Riley put me in. He could do that. You could play it that way, but he's not. He's not playing it that way. Um, coming up, now that Summer League is over, we take a look at who stood out the most for the Miami Heat and what it means for them going forward. But first, a word from our sponsor.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by prize picks. It's so easy to win when you use prize picks. It's just you versus their uh, projected numbers there. Just pick two to six players. And if they score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 25 times your money. It's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. And you can do it in any sport, not just the NBA, but Major League Baseball, men's and women's college sports, European basketball, the WNBA. You think Luis Araez is going to continue to hit over 380. You can place a wager over at prizepicks.com. That's the Miami Marlins, baby. They're scorching the Major League Baseball. It's amazing what they've done this year. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, safe, and fast withdrawals. And they're currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. So download the PrizePicks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users get a 100% instant deposit match of up to 100 bucks if you use the promo code LOCKED ON. So don't forget to enter the promo code LOCKED ON at sign up. For instant deposit matchup up to $100, but you download the Price Picks app or go to PricePix.com to sign up today.
1: Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Every day, dayers make sure to tune in tomorrow. We're going to discuss if Damian Lillard, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo is a better-fitting big three, than LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. You can listen by subscribing on YouTube or on your favorite podcast app. Uh, summer league is over Sunday night. The Miami heat torched the Portland trailblazers, Blazers um, in their summer league finale, a strong summer league showing overall, although it was not the summer league that I think most people were expecting and hoping for David, because we were kind of going into it thinking that we were going to get an extended look at the last two first round picks, Nikola Jovic and Hey, Hakes jr. Uh, Hakase played just one full game and then was sidelined with a shoulder injury that they're being, you know, pretty cautious with. I don't think it's serious or projects to be serious. And then Jovic left Summer League, left Las Vegas early to start his preparations for the World Cup. He's going to be playing for Serbia. So uh, it ended up being the Orlando Robinson show. Orlando is, is Robinson,
0: management, is load management ruining Summer League? My column. <laughs> I, I think it, I, I think we're going to start to see those kind of takes soon. Like, Victor Wamanyama shut down after two games. Jaime Hawkins after just one. In, I mean, he didn't even play at all in Vegas, actually. Yeah. So, no, I, I mean, it was just uh, – I was looking forward to seeing him play up close in person. They've I been doing that against- with, like, the
1: top picks, especially with the number one pick. I remember, like, Zion a few years ago. He played just the one first half and then didn't play the rest of summer league. He caused
0: an earthquake, Wes. What do you want? I, mean- I know.
1: I was there. It was very scary. <laughs> um, it was uh, – I – I, I kind of get like not ha- like what is what what is Zion what does Web and Yama have to prove in Summer League? I get it. I'm glad they go out there for at least the first like primetime ESPN game and stuff like that. I know you were being facetious in, in the, the load management thing, but it is it is a little silly, all of it. Uh, once we'll see you that takes that, time. and then it just becomes like players trying to make teams and create a career for themselves, and that's where you get to guys like Orlando Robinson and some of the other guys that I want to talk about that stood out for the Miami Heat. On their summer league team, but we'll start with Orlando. Uh, mm. Was named to summer league All First Team, which is, I guess, you could throw that on the resume. That's mm. a thing that you could put on there. Um, I guess. If you're Orlando Robinson, at this point, it's all you really have. Uh, he averaged 20 and a half points per game and 8.3 rebounds in summer league. In Miami's finale, he scored 27 points, had nine rebounds, six assists, three steals, and a block. He shot 40%. I want to I really stick this. Shot 40% on three-pointers in two weeks in Summer League. Um, we have talked about Orlando Robinson before on this program, David, but now that the Summer League is over and we saw the, the sample here and the fact that he was quite literally one of the best players and the best center in Summer League in Las Vegas – I really do believe that there is an open competition, and he pried the door open, by the way. After the Heat signed Thomas Bryant, the idea was that Thomas Bryant was going to walk in and be the backup center, find Bam Adebayo. Orlando Robinson has made that a competition. He deserves to have made that a competition, and I'm very intrigued now by what it is that he looks like because let's also keep in mind, he got promoted to the regular 15-man roster. He is on a standard roster contract now, and I think he has a real chance to be Bam's backup this year. What do you think?
0: Ben's backup, maybe even playing alongside him for stretches at a time, like we've talked about the possibility of alternating Kevin Love, Thomas Bryant, and or, you know Orlando as you know big stretch bigs that can space the floor a little bit and provide a, a different look offensively than what Bam provides. So, I mean, I think that's certainly still a possibility. Uh, yeah, he's earned it. Uh, you know, it's up to Bryant now to respond as the veteran, the guy who's been through it. And who's looking to prove it because after just signing a veteran minimum deal here, like we know what Kevin Love's capable of. He's not really playing for anything other than just, you know, hang out with the culture and get paid doing so. And yes, to get an opportunity to contribute and win. But he doesn't have anything really to prove. Thomas Bryant does. He's looking at Miami as an opportunity to extend his NBA career because he is walking that fine line a lot of veterans do where they might not see another Mm -hmm. opportunity if he doesn't make the most of it. So uh, it's going to be an interesting battle in training camp, and I wonder whether or not we will start to see those lineups. You know, we heard Spoh talk about uh, Omer Yurtseven just last season. It's like, oh, yeah, he's going to be playing alongside Bam. told telling us on media day that he thought he could start alongside Bam at a bio. Unfortunately, the injury taking him out early in the season, he never really got the opportunity to show that. But uh, I I wouldn't doubt if it's a possibility and certainly will be a talking point going into training camp.
1: I'm glad you brought up the Yurtsevin point because one of the things that they worked on in training camp in the Bahamas last year was Yurtsevin playing alongside Bam Adebayo. And I don't think that he had any intention of starting those two together in the front court. But uh, I think they wanted to maybe experiment with that lineup, at least in the first month of the season, to see if those two bigs could play together. Um, and they did, and they worked on certain sets in training camp and worked on rules. And we talked to Omer about that uh, publicly on the show and privately in the locker room about like what how that was going. And then obviously had the bone spur and it derailed the season. And we never really got a look at that during the regular season. And I think when training camp does roll around is when we'll get sort of our first glimpse at Orlando Robinson versus Thomas Bryant. Right. And it'll be interesting to see if they experiment with both of them in the way that they experimented with. Yurtsevin next to Bam Adebayo as a floor spacing big last year. So definitely something to keep an eye on and kind of a storyline as we move forward. Uh, I have two more guys that I just want to talk about briefly, though. All right. Uh, let's start with Jamari Bouye because he's the familiar name. 12 yep. points per game, 6.3 rebounds, 7.3 assists in Summer League. Those were his averages. Uh, obviously, it was part of the program last year. It was one of Miami's standouts in Summer League last year. Uh, impressed yeah. them so much that they said, you know what? We're going to bring you into Sioux Falls. We're going to get you into the developmental program pipeline here. Ended up getting a 10-day with Miami. Uh, got a 10-day with the Wizards at one point also, and then ended up returning to Sioux Falls. Then played in the postseason for the Sky Force. Ended up being an uh, all-G League second team as a rookie. This is a guy who is basically doing whatever it is that he has to do with whatever is in front of him. I do think that there's questions about whether or not he's an NBA player considering he's so small. Uh, and he's a good scorer. I don't know that he's a great scorer against NBA size and length and speed. Uh, right. and because of that, they've been working with him more as a facilitator, as a playmaker. And that's why I want to go back and, and why I highlighted sort of the 7.3 assists part, of what he's averaging, if he's going to make it in the NBA, it's going to be as an, an all around player, not just as a straight scorer the way he was at the university of San Francisco and even in Sioux falls. So uh, what did you think about uh, Bouye? Because, again, you were there in Vegas. You got to see him first up uh, up, 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 close. And- yeah,
0: I, I thought he leapfrogged past uh, Drew Smith, too, as a better point guard on the roster. I think he we saw mm. more consistent minutes from him, a better defensive intensity. I think Smith might have a higher offensive ceiling but uh, there were still too many things to work on, particularly his handle and things of that sort. He's a little turnover prone as well. I think Bouye is just a little bit more NBA ready, and especially because he's a, a more intense defender. I think that's also certainly a plus in his side. He, he, could, he could carve out, I guess, for lack of a better comp, a Pat Beverly kind of role where he's not looked at necessarily as a scorer. But a guy who can set the table can bring a little bit of dog defensively there, uh, challenge a couple ball handlers, maybe poke the ball free, ignite yeah, a fast break hands. opportunity yeah uh, things of that sort i think that those are his strikes moving forward i i actually would expect him to get more playing time if at all with miami than smith
1: does moving forward i'm glad you made that comparison too because if if they were looking for somebody to basically be the heir apparent to gabe vincent or at least just take up mm. some backup backup point guard duties you're gonna need to evolve as a playmaker you're gonna have to develop in that way Bouye obviously has shown that we're in in your opinion, Drew Smith, and I and you know, I I agree with you based on what, what I saw on TV, like he wasn't really taking that step where Bouye was taking that playmaking step. Um, if you know, with losing Gabe Vincent, and by the way, Bouye has sought Gabe Vincent's advice quite a bit, you know, throughout the last year. So I think that's somebody's whose footsteps he very much does want to follow. Um, if the Damian Lillard trade happens and whether or not Kyle Lowry is a part of it or not, I think the Heat are gonna have a need at backup point guard. I don't know that I'm at the point where you I would be elevating Bouye to the 15-man roster to be your night-to-night backup point guard but as as a guy on a two-way you could do a lot worse and in a pinch you can use him and and we'll see him like the Heat are very willing to use their two-way players in a way that a lot of other teams aren't for like real rotation roles for in camp week-long stints yeah and he'll be in training camp for sure one other guy who may not be in training camp but just based on his contract but I suspect that he will be is Drew Peterson he uh undrafted out of USC the Heat picked him up uh he was He shot around 40% in his last three years at USC. He was at Rice before that. Uh, Six foot nine, went undrafted, Sharp shooter, nice-looking stroke, and then it was a slow start for him in summer league, but he finished strong, ended up shooting 47% on more than four three-pointers per game in Las Vegas, David. Uh, When I'm thinking about guys that the Heat can extend an Exhibit 10 contract to and just bring into training camp, and then obviously you just sort of funnel those guys to Sioux Falls, Drew Peterson makes a lot of sense, especially when you also think of the guys that the Heat have also had in the past, Duncan Robinson, Max Drews. It kind of feels like Drew Peterson could be the next in line for them yeah. to at least try.
0: Yeah, I think the way they talked about him, Karan Butler spoke about him, and some of the other players, they recognized that they had something there as, in terms of legitimate shooting prowess. And when you have that elite level skill and they keep encouraging you, take those shots, get you know, be aggressive when you're looking to score at this level. And I think that's why we saw that evolution also as a score, like he was a little bit more hesitant if not necessarily timid at first and then kind of by the end of summer league you could to see he, he was much more comfortable and looking to take his shot i think they have plans for him to be the next in-line shooter that they develop so i would be
1: surprised to see him get an opportunity with miami those are the three guys i had listed orlando robinson jamari bouye and drew peterson um i'd be very excited to see drew peterson in sioux falls i would suspect that he'll end up there um and that we'll see him in training camp a little bit especially if yeah i mean I, I can't imagine him getting much of a shot, even if they include Duncan Robinson in a Dame package. No, yeah. but it's we talked about this before. The heat are in the period now of they're kind of resetting the farm system. It's been a few years. They're resetting the farm system with Gabe and Max out getting lucrative contracts elsewhere. and and I think Peterson could be one of those guys, and who knows? Maybe somebody else that was involved here uh, steps up. Jamal Kane had an up and down summer league in Las Vegas., uh, he is not inked that two-way contract. So, The Heat's third two-way deal still up for grabs, and maybe, David, even that other deal, if the Heat said that maybe Drew Smith uh, isn't ready quite yet for that two-way contract. So uh, something to monitor there as we approach training camp, but that's a ways away. For now, Jimmy Butler and Shakira are making headlines. They might be an item. Should Heat fans be worried? We're going to talk about that (laughs) next here on Locked on Heat. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Every dayers, make sure to tune in tomorrow when we discuss if Lillard, Butler, and Bam is a better fitting big three than LeBron, D Wade, and Bosch. So make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. David, we already teased it, but should we even bother getting into Jimmy Butler and Shakir, or are we venturing too much into celebrity voyeurism? We do that the T- kind of not the we usually explore very tmz isn't
0: it yeah uh, a little unfortunate that you uh, even brought it up that but uh it's interesting it's interesting i like I, I would not have expected that jimmy would be that kind of uh i know he's always been sort of a superstar hunter like he certainly name drops a lot when it comes to his preferred musical acts like the i can't even recall now that the country music artist that he, oh, yeah. he really uh uh oh, yeah. caters to there Um, but even before that, he was hanging out with uh uh, Marky Mark Wahlberg, and uh, you know, he's always like the buzz there. I mean, considering his upbringing, where he basically had nothing and he was virtually homeless for a short amount of time, like the opportunity to now be one of the best paid players in the NBA and rubbing elbows with the rich and famous and hanging out with like superstar soccer and tennis friends and everything else, and and yeah. Dating a, a, a pop star in Shakira, like, you know, that's that's really interesting. We saw her during the playoffs. She was there yes. sitting courtside a couple of times and they spoke Uh and then she posted something on one social media site. I can't recall which one now. And basically that's where the, the buzz started growing. And then apparently now confirmation that they may or may not be dating. I, look, Jimmy's not going to say a damn thing about it, nor should he. But it's just interesting to see that it's played out to this level.
1: They're still trying to hide it. This is from Entertainment Tonight. I'm just going to quote the report here. (laughs) Oh, my God. We are are journalists. Uh, Yeah. Shakira and Butler were spotted enjoying a low-key dinner in London at Novikov Restaurant and Bar on Wednesday evening, arriving separately just after 10 p.m. The pair also went their separate ways at the end of the night, just minutes apart around 1.30 in the morning, with the NBA player's security team escorting the Hips Don't Lie singer to her car. (laughs) Inside the hotspot, a source says the duo was, quote, looking cozy as they enjoyed sushi and cocktails. Um, is it 1.30 in the morning? Is well, they didn't, start, they didn't start until 10. Oh, I guess you're right. It's but I'm surprised. And that, and I thought London dinner. closed early. I'm surprised that that they were up late. Maybe it's Jimmy it Butler, dude. And she's
0: Shakira. Like, I, I think. it's true. Like, okay, how about this? Who's more famous? Is it Jimmy Butler or Shakira? Shakira. She is, right? Yeah, by no far. Doubt.
1: Yeah, Simon Close. Yeah. I love, I love this i'm so into this again not a topic the kind of topic we typically explore here on locked on heat but i thought it was important to bring up because uh shakira's the goat number one um it's i love really? that she who doesn't love shakira she recently moved to miami she's a miami native now so or resident i should say now and yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. um but and so just from like okay she lives in miami jimmy butler obviously lives in miami it just makes a lot of sense, uh, and I love the star turn for Jimmy Butler. I mean, you mentioned his humble upbringing, the fa- and just the fact that he was the last pick in the first round and was never kind of the guy. You know, even by the time he got to the NBA, which was defying all of the odds, all of the odds, to get into the point now where he's a superstar among superstars, dating a superstar among superstars. Like, whatever odds were left to defy, he defied him. There's no more odds left. He's defied every single odd. They're all gone. All the odds are defied. He's he's conquered all the odds. It is, the only one that he has left now is to win a championship. And I, there's been some rumors about like, hey, you know, once Jimmy and, and Shakira became an item, his play started to dwindle in the playoffs. That's ridiculous. Oh, it's a That's, Kardashian
0: curse. But well, she's Just not a Kardashian. Shakira...
1: No, she I earned know. her money. Oh. oh. She earned her status. She's talent. She at least has a talent to speak of. Be careful, man. That Kardashian. I have a feeling the Venn diagram you. between the Kardashian fans and minute 30 of a Locked on Heat podcast in the middle of the week. I don't have a, I, I have a feeling that we're not crossing over too much. Yeah. You've been pushing the envelope at the end of the
0: show there. Anybody who's stuck with it for minute 30 has heard some really hot takes from you over the last couple of days. It's Locked so. on
1: Heat after dark. Let's yeah. get to that 30 minute mark. That's when the wheels start coming off. As long as Shakira's courtside, I love, I remember like the big three, there was always celebrities courtside all the time. It was always like Lil Wayne and Rihanna and, and, and DJ Khaled, DJ Khaled's still there for a lot of games, but like, I I love the celebrities being courtside. I am cheap like that. I care about that sort of thing. I know most people that listen to this program will attack me for even caring about that at all. I've got the star eyes. I want to see them courtside. It's Miami baby. We're on the map and that stuff matters. It matters. It matters for the national TV games. It matters in terms of fandom. All of that oh, stuff God. matters, and Jimmy Butler is elevating the Miami Heat in a way that is important, just by getting sushi with Shakira on a Wednesday night in the middle of the yeah, off I, 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 maybe,
0: yes, I do like that sort of thing as well. Not as much as you do, but I am just like thinking back about Sid, no Mike Breen talking about uh, Ben Stiller courtside at Madison Square Garden yet again. It's like <laughs> we, we see really your Ben Stiller, football?
1: and we raise you one Shakira, Madison Square Garden. <laughs> Thanks right. for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Every day or make sure to tune in tomorrow when we discuss if Damian Lillard, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo is a better-fitting big three than LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. We'll talk about that and whole, a whole lot more. I'm sure we'll have some Damian Lillard updates by then as well. So hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcast app. David, thanks for joining me.
0: We'll put an invitation to Shakira if she wants to jump onto the pod. We're always yeah.
1: welcome to have That's absolutely right.